0: We're just delighted that you're in the house of the Lord today. Does it feel good to be here? I hope if you're visiting, you just feel at home. You feel like this is one big family, because that's exactly what we are. If you have your Bibles today, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. Genesis 6. We'll go to Genesis 6 also. And Matthew 24 will be our text of Scripture today. And uh, I want to talk about navigating the storms. Everybody say storm. Storm. To navigate the storms that inevitably come into our lives. Because if you live long enough, you understand that tribulation and storms will come. But I came to challenge you today. I also came to give you a warning that's in scripture. How many understand that the scripture encourages us, challenges us, changes us, And it will warn us of things coming ahead. Amen. So let's read our text here in Matthew 24, starting in verse 35. You don't have to turn to Genesis 6, but we're going to look at a scripture in Genesis 6, and then we're going to see what the Lord would say to us today. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of, before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know that until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and another left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you don't yet know. Verse 37 again, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And then in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Noah did everything, everybody say everything, everything. just as God commanded him. I, I, want, I want you to stop for a second and absolutely let those words sink into your heart this morning because that is the main text that I felt on my heart to present to you today was that Noah did everything just as the Lord commanded him. So God divinely warned him of a coming storm, divinely warned him of what was going to happen, and Noah was of the type of heart and person that listened to God and did what the Lord commanded him to do. I don't think here in Florida we have to probably think too hard or let our imaginations go too wild to understand what it's like to know that there's a storm out there somewhere that is going to affect or come into play and affect our everyday lives because we just experienced this with Ian. And I want to encourage you, as I have before, and we are in the works of of putting some plans together to go down and help. I know things are very chaotic there and the people I'm in touch with. So stay tuned for that. But we want to also continue to pray for our brothers and sisters and those people down in South Florida that were affected. But as I was thinking about that and how even now you hear people say, well, I just didn't know that it was going to be like this. I just didn't know that it was really, I stayed here because they said it was going to get bad, but I just didn't really understand or believe it. There's a book that I ran across one time and It's a book recounting the hurricane that hit Galveston, Texas in the year 1900. It was September of the year 1900, and this storm was brewing there in the Gulf of Mexico, and the local meteorologist, he was was the main person for the National Weather Service in Galveston, Texas, and they knew a storm was out there. They knew a storm was brewing. The storm clouds were forming, and they could see that. But this man, the reason that everybody stayed in Galveston was because this man told them that this is not going to come here. You can go about your daily lives. You can go. As a matter of fact, recounted in the book was the fact that kids were playing in the streets even as flood water was beginning to come into the streets. Older men and women were going about their daily business and were sitting in the cafes and in the restaurants drinking coffee and having breakfast, watching kids play in the water in the streets. And according to the story, over 6,000 people lost their lives because somebody continually said, this morning I want to minister on this thought and this main idea, how to make it through a storm. Because not only is Jesus telling us that there will be a storm that comes at the end of days before eternity is opened up and he sets up his thousand year reign here on earth. But we also understand that how many know that storms can come in life too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, in this world you will have tribulation. So we understand that. I want to tell you this this morning. That you were built with a storm in mind. Many of you don't think that you could face the storm that may be brewing, that may be ahead of you. I came to tell you and encourage you this morning, not just warn you in a broad sense, that this fact we should have in our hearts and our minds every single day that Jesus Christ is returning again. He's returning. That should excite somebody this morning. It absolutely should. If it doesn't excite you, then we're going to have an altar call at the end of service. And young people, listen to me, young people that are here in this room and present, say you're in your teens or even in your early 20s, I want to also encourage you that he said that we would have tribulations, but we can't forget the latter part of that verse. He said that he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Church, there's nothing like serving God. There's nothing nothing better than laying your head on the pillow at night knowing that you are saved and you are redeemed. Amen. Amen? john sixteen thirty three these things I' have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world Father for these next few minutes and moments I lay myself out before you as the pastor of this awesome church I thank you for the privilege of being able to stand in this pulpit and I honor that I honor it in a way that I don't want anything said of me to make its way into the hearts of these people but Lord, whatever is said under the unction and anointing of Holy Spirit this morning, I pray it would come into our hearts as seed and it will grow fruit in our lives. Lord, may we abound in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. May we abound in grace. May we abound in love. And may we abound in understanding that, God, you have called us this day to face the storm ahead and to sail through it in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 We know that we're going to face storms in life. We know there's those times and seasons where things get difficult and things get hard. And we see the storm clouds even perhaps brewing on the horizons, not just in a way personally, but I think all of us can understand over these last few years, we can look around at our culture. We can look around at our country. We can look around at some of the challenges we face ahead. And we can even say there's storm clouds brewing a little bit on the horizon and my purpose for today's message is that God is going to see his people through any storm that we face. The scriptures that I share weren't to alarm you. They were to given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself as he's teaching on his return. He's teaching on him coming back. And Paul even said himself that all those who serve God and live a godly life are going to suffer persecution. Amen. Amen. In other words, the enemy doesn't like you if you're a believer. So there's some storms that we come across that are our own making. Come on, somebody. There are some things that you get into that we just could look back and say, Man, if I wouldn't have made these decisions. But there's other storms that we face that have nothing to do with your decisions. And those are the tough ones, aren't they? And what it says in Scripture, Jesus said this. He said, as in the days of Noah, so will it be in the end times of the coming of the Son of Man. And he begins to relate some very natural, practical things that they were doing in life. And, and his point wasn't that these, these things are bad. His point was that if we live distracted, preoccupied lives, we can look, miss what the Holy Spirit is saying to us and the church. So you could actually say and maybe go out on a bit of a limb this morning to say that the main sin in Noah's time wasn't anything other than being preoccupied with the things of life at the expense of focusing your life on God. Is that okay to tell you this morning? Yes. That we need to be, and let me put it this way, I thought of it this morning, I actually changed it, my first point this morning to this. Treat distraction as dangerous. I had a whole different, I, I changed it this morning as I was just ruminating and thinking about my sermon today. I wrote it down. Because church, we need to treat distraction as dangerous because distraction has the ability for us to miss God warning us of a personal storm or a big storm coming on the horizon. Amen. Amen. When there's a storm brewing out in the Gulf, y'all, we need, what do we do? We, 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 we come to attention, amen? Yes. Some of you come to too much attention because there's no gas and bread. You need to quit that. I've been, through, I've been through 13 of these things living on the Gulf Coast between Louisiana, Pensacola, and here. I think I counted 13, 12, 13 uh, big storms, Katrina, living in Louisiana and all the different storms that I've been through. And it's amazing, though, how some people just don't wake up and understand the reality of what is coming ahead. And we're told continually in Scripture for us to be vigilant, for us to have our eyes wide open, for us to understand that God in His Word has given His people. But I came to encourage you of something this morning, that if you're living a distracted Life, a, a life that's focused on all these things going on around you, there is something that the Holy Spirit will do in your heart and your life to get you refocused. Amen? Amen. Because the, the, I believe, and, and we know that, that God said, I've actually, believe it or not, He said, I, I shouldn't have created man. So the wickedness of man had increased so much that God said, look, I'm just going to start over. But don't you thank God for a Noah. Everybody say Noah. I thank God for Noah because being divinely warned of the things coming... He listened to God and did everything that God commanded. You want to know the safest place that you can find yourself in is if you're being obedient to God's word, being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life, because it's in that place of obedience, not a place of distraction, but a place of obedience. Listen to me. There is nothing wrong with the natural courses of life. Jesus said himself that he came that we may have life in life abundantly. God wants you to enjoy your family. God wants you to enjoy your life. God wants you to enjoy this beautiful place that we live, but he does not want you to enjoy those things at the expense of making him first place in your life. He does not. God wants first place and him being in first place will be the thing that helps you navigate any storm that you are facing. He desires to be a part of every aspect of our lives. Number two is this, and this is a big one. Blaming others for your storm won't help. Come on, somebody. Yes. We don't want to think that the storm is our fault. So not wanting to think that the storm is our fault, what do we naturally do? We begin to blame other people for the storm that we're in. And understand, like I just said a moment ago, there are some storms you go into, and those are the toughest. The ones that you go through that you know had nothing to do with your decisions or yourself are the toughest because the enemy is always going to come along and try to stir up within you a, a desire to blame everybody else and to blame anything else. Whatever it is that you're going through this morning, the, the very first thing that you need to do it, when a storm is ahead or you know you're heading into a storm, and I've learned this about the Lord, God is always preparing us for what's ahead. But here is what will keep you from learning and growing and being the, the type of faith person that right when you're in the midst of the storm, this is what will keep you from having that faith in your heart that knows that God is in control. It's beginning to blame other people. And we say this. We all do. We say, God, we know that you can prevent this storm. We know you're in control. We know that you are sovereign. And we look and we say, man, why am I in the midst of all this difficulty? Why am I in the midst of all this hurt? Why am I in the midst of losing somebody maybe you love this morning? Or why am I in the midst of all this turmoil? And I don't know about you, but many times in my life, whether I... I'm going through a storm in my family, whether I'm going in a storm in privately, whether I'm going through a storm in ministry, or perhaps for you, a storm on your job or your business or whatever it may be. I know that I have many times throughout my life stepped back and I begin to blame other people. Mm -hmm. And what God is always wanting us to do is to look at ourselves. Amen? And say, God, what are you teaching me in this? Number three this morning, and this is is equally as important. Everybody say blueprint. Blueprint. God has a blueprint for everything. Here's what he said in Isaiah 46.10. Declaring the end from the beginning, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. What does that say? From the very beginning, oftentimes we think God started at the beginning and planned out the end. No, no, no. The Bible's actually teaches us the opposite, that God had an ending in mind and then kicked off the beginning. How does that relate to us as we're going through a storm? Because God, just like Noah... The storm Noah is coming. The storm is on the horizon. I know there's blue skies. I know everything looks fine. I know everything looks great in this moment. But there is a storm on the horizon. And God, because Noah did everything the Lord commanded him and had a heart to listen to the, to the voice of God in his life, God gave him a blueprint to put together a vessel that would make it through the storm. Listen. Listen. God knew the type of boat that Noah should build for the storm because he knew the storm that was coming down the path. Uh Does that make sense this morning? God had a blueprint of exactly what Noah should do in the storm that was coming and the storm that he was in eventually because God knew the storm that was coming down the path. And when we blame everyone else for the storm that was coming or... Noah, the Bible says this. It says Noah was blameless. Everybody say blameless. Blameless. So Noah being blameless, and then he's in the midst of a deluge of a storm that's coming down and up from the earth, that's actually up, hadn't rained at that point. So he knows the storm's coming. God sends it. And naturally, imagine if he would have spent his time blaming, well, we're going to go through a storm because of all you wicked people, Right? We're going through a storm because of our government. We're going through a storm because of my wife. We're going through a storm because of my husband. We're going through a storm because of my boss at work or whatever it is. And listen, when you begin the blame game, you can't get the blueprint that God is trying. You see, God won't anoint blame, but he will anoint building. Come on. Storms are going to come. There's going to be a massive storm where all hell is coming against the people. of You understand that that's coming, amen, right? I know some of you in here may be new believers or young Christians or even young people yourself, but Scripture plainly tells us that there will be things that that, that Satan and hell itself pulls out of the old hat that have never been seen before on the earth, right? So whether it be looking towards... I want to tell you something this morning. God has a blueprint for His church to make it through any storm or whatever storm you're facing this morning. The blueprint is called the presence and the anointing of God. So God can't anoint blame. He can't. But He will anoint a blueprint. He will anoint people who take their eyes off of the blame and the problem in the storm and begin to what? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You have been relying on yourself to get through the storm, and the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning, I don't want you to survive. I want you to thrive in the storm because you were built with a storm in mind. But we blame. You see, the blueprint isn't just so that we can build something that will make us get through the storm. If that is the only reason God, because understand the story of Noah as he built, the building wasn't just for himself, it was for the saving of others too. If what we are building is just for ourselves, that gets into selfishness. But if what you're building is the blueprint of God, it's always going to include bringing others into the safety of the ark of God's presence. The blueprint isn't just so that we can build something. The blueprint is also so that we can navigate something. Everybody say navigate. Navigate. This is important because, listen, and this is the way I thought of it, is when God gives you a blueprint, when God's speaking to you what to do in the midst of the storm, whether it be just lay hold of his word and continue to believe in faith, whether you have some sickness in your body that you've been dealing with or... You got issues at work or whatever it is. God's got a blueprint. For, God's got a blueprint for your marriage this morning. Amen. God's got a blueprint for your business this morning. God has a blueprint for your family this morning. God has that blueprint. And here's how I thought of it: If we're busy blaming anything and everyone else for what's going on in our lives, what God's blueprint isn't just for the building. But listen. The, the blueprint also involves a propeller. Everybody say propeller or a prop. Um, propeller. A boat has a prop, not a propeller. See, I already messed that one up for all you fishermen in here. Here's the deal. You go into the storm and everything's raging and the winds are contrary and it seems like everything's pushing back against you. Listen, God's word and faith in who he said he was is like literally a prop, a propeller that will navigate you through the waters. Or maybe say it this way, a rudder. Amen? You can have a rudder that God will use to get you through the storm and steer. You see, there's things ahead that only God knows. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. He knows everything, and he knows when you're getting ready. And we oftentimes do this. We say, God, why, why haven't you kept me from the storm? Why, haven't, why, why am I in the midst of what I'm in the midst of? Or why am I not seeing on the other side of this? And, and listen, God is training you and teaching you how to launch out into something deeper in your life. That is the purpose of a storm. The purpose of a storm is as though God can reveal something to you about your relationship with him that as you're navigating through it. I remember I took a cruise, and this was probably my first cruise about 10, 12 years ago. The kids were little. went with my family from Ohio, and uh, it was a Disney cruise. As a matter of fact, this ship was only maybe, I think they would taken one voyage, Leah, maybe two at that point. And I'd never been on a cruise before. So we get on the boat, and we're pa- unpacking our things in our little cabin and getting everything kind of settled and, and put up. And a little video comes up on the TV screen. And the video was safety things on the boat, and they did it in, a, of course, a Disney way, it was just kind of whimsical and, you know, the little characters and things. But they, they showed shots of the, the captain's area, the, the, the navigation area. And, man, this thing looked like a 6-year-old could go up there and drive it. It really did. It was all the computers, and they were touching buttons and touching the screens, and it was moving the boat out away from the port and beginning to get underway and had a little joystick. And it really looked like my own, at that time, probably seven-, eight-year-old son could go up in there and actually take it out of the port because it's all computerized. But listen, captains weren't put on boats for coming out of in and out of port. They were put on boats to navigate through stormy waters. They were. And that's exactly what happened to us on this boat. The very first night, we sailed into a storm the first night, and, and I'd never been on a cruise ship before. And it woke me up, and we're going up and down, and we're rolling back and forth, and we're... I thought, let me off this. <laughs> I thought, well, that means I have to get one of those little yellow things and be out here by myself. I so I'll stay. You know, I say that jokingly, but listen, if you stay on the boat with Jesus, you're going to make it through the storm. Yes. You are going to make it through the storm. Yes. So we sailed through the storm, and the very next day, I'm just walking around the ship, just kind of finding my way around. And I think the kids were out swimming with my wife. And I walked up to this, this very large board. They have it right there where you board the boat. So in the main atrium, main lobby with the stairs going up, and I walked over. And uh, I began, they had a bio on the ship's captain. And I began to read all of the years he had been he had been a captain for forty years. Wow. How many get on a plane and like to see a little gray hair on that cat up in the yeah me me too, me too. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, 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 and I read his bio, and in that moment, I just felt comfortable with this is a man who can get me in this boat through a storm yes. in the second storm that we went through was actually on our way back, and it was worse than the first one. It was, thr- But you know what? When I felt the waves and felt everything going on, I just rolled back over and went to sleep because I had a captain that knew what he was doing. Church, you have a captain named Jesus that knows exactly what he's doing. And when you are going into a storm, you need to listen very closely to the Holy Spirit because he is going to give you a blueprint. Can I say this for some of you? The blueprint might not make sense. What do you think people were telling Noah the whole time? (laughs) Right? The whole time that Noah's building. The whole time. Can I tell you? God isn't going to give you what the blueprint is. God is going to give you who the blueprint is. And the blueprint is Jesus. Amen. It says, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows when a storm's coming. He knows exactly what you can do. But if you're busy blaming everybody else, then you're not going to be able to steer around the things that are ahead when the storm is hitting, and you're not going to be able to navigate through it as efficiently. There's nothing worse than getting getting caught in the middle of a storm that seems like it's never going to end. God knows the end from the beginning, and he also has a beginning of what you're going through. And I came to tell you this morning, that he has an end for what you're going through. Amen. But he also has a blueprint. Listen, it's, it's, it's all about Jesus. Yes. I mean, if, if you want to give you, give you another little spiritual analogy of, of what I'm talking about in this moment where God has a blueprint for... He had a blueprint for Noah. He's got a blueprint for you as an individual and in your family. And listen to me. He's got a blueprint for the church of Jesus Christ in the last days. He has a blueprint. He has a blueprint for us. But listen, you have a hammer in one hand and you're building that thing that God is telling you to build and you're keeping your eyes on Jesus because He is the blueprint for your life. It's Him. And you were built with a storm in mind. You were built for a storm. You may not think of it now. You may not feel that way now. I came to tell you this morning, not only do you have to look at the distractions and evaluate, God, where's the enemy using just preoccupation and distractions? We all know that life gets so busy, amen? I mean, it gets so shopping and 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 all the things that we do to to just make sure that we're moving through life and then out of nowhere something happens, and that even the storm can be distracting, amen? And we oftentimes think, why am I in this? Why am I going through all these things? Why?" Can I tell you, the church needs to be mature in the days that we're living in. We do. We need a tremendous amount of maturity. I've made it through storms before, and when I get on the other side, I look back and I see where God has helped me learn something new of him. And I've I've noticed the storms that I don't do very well in are the ones that I'm just constantly blaming. So don't blame others. Build a rudder from the blueprint that God gives us. And that, that rudder, listen to me, that rudder is as you're listening to him, we all know this, and you know the little old saying, calm seas does not make a good captain. Had my grandfather tell me years and years and years ago, he said, Jason, at some point, and we were baby Christians being discipled by him. He pastored for many years, 43, two, and just sat around the table with him, with me and my brothers and my mom, and just for a year solid every week, just hearing his wisdom and hearing all the experiences that he had. He told me this, and it so impacted me. He said, at some point, at some point, God is going to send you out to where you can't see anything around you. How many know it's one thing when you go fishing? (laughs) If you can still see a little bit of land, I'm okay. I am. You take me out where I can't see, I don't know why. It's 12 miles away and I can see a little dot of land. I'm like, I could swim to that if I had to. I I could do it. I could do it. And I know I couldn't, but there's just something. Listen, God's going to launch you out into something deep. And by launching you out into something deep, we oftentimes think that that's going to be the smoothest sailing that you could possibly have and it's not. Because when you're out there, the storm does arise. Jesus told us in this life you will have tribulation in this life. And not only will there be a an end time storm to beat all storms that will go right into eternity, but there are also the storms that come in our everyday lives, whether it be a sickness, whether it be you know your kids or work or job situation And I do know this, and I've said it many times going through what we've all gone through collectively as a nation and even a world over the last three years, is that God is wanting to do something very deep in his people. He really is. God God is trying to wake his church up. Nobody likes an alarm. God comes to Noah and he says to Noah, you're blameless. You walk blameless before me. You will do what I'm asking you to do. And he was focused on one thing, being obedient to God. When you're blaming everybody else for what you're going through. And listen, I'm telling you, it may not even be your fault. If you found yourself in a storm where you just, that wasn't me, Lord. Lord. And then the enemy comes along and he says, man, I'm, I've got you this time. I just declare to you today, put your propeller and your rudder. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and have him help. Because we're, we're we know this. We, we like to blame others for the storm. And I'm touching on that again because I really think that's where maybe a handful of people here today are where you just blame everybody else for what's going on. Blame game is not a new thing. Look at Adam and Eve, right? You know, Eve's walking around in the garden. They have perfect fellowship with God, and she keeps walking past that same tree, glancing over at the same tree. I'm sure Adam did too. But on this particular day, there was a snake there that was possessed by Satan himself. And we all know the story. She partakes, she gives to Adam, and when God shows up, He asked a great question. Probably a question he may be asking some of you today. Where are you? And who told you that? (laughs) Where are you and who told you that? And what does Eve do? She blames the snake. Adam blames Eve. And everybody's blaming God. Come on. So the blame game is not something new. But we need to also understand that God has given us a blueprint. Say blueprint again. So when you get past, when you're not preoccupied and you got your eyes focused on God, and then secondly, you're not blaming others, but you're taking ownership for maybe your hand and causing the storm that you may be in right now today. And then you get with God and he begins to give you a blueprint. A blueprint of how you're going to make... God has a plan because he already saw the storm. In Noah's time, God knew what was coming And he knew exactly how he should have Noah build the ark that he put him on. We have a great captain. That captain's name is the Holy Spirit. And when you put him in charge, he's the one that Jesus said himself, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send you the helper. Aren't you glad you got a helper this morning? No matter what you're sailing through right now, and it came to encourage your heart to warn you, but also to encourage you that when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have him deep down in your heart, listen, he's the captain of the ship, and you can trust the captain. It also says this, not only did Jesus come, and he says, and it said in the word that he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. In other words, God even had a blueprint for Jesus, And I want to I walk you through this for just a minute because you see exactly what I'm talking about in the last weeks and days of the life of Jesus Christ. Because God had a blueprint. There was a storm coming and the storm was that our Lord and Savior, the, the Son of the living God, was going to have to set his face like flint towards Jerusalem knowing what was ahead of him. Knowing the price that he was going to have to pay. Knowing that the storm was not random, but it was the, all the power and the, the venom of hell itself unleashed on the perfect, sinless Son of the living God. And it says this very clearly in the Word that for the joy that was set before him. Church, here's my last point, and this is so powerful. That we need to not only understand, and and think of this, he set his face like Flint. In other words, he he cut out, when you're going into a storm, cut out the distractions. When you're going through a storm, quit blaming everybody because at that point it doesn't matter. You're in the storm. And then you begin to pray and you say, God, you knew this was coming. God, you know where I'm at. God, you know the, the, the pain that I feel in my heart with the loss or the pain I feel in my heart with these people coming against me at work or the, the difficulty that I'm facing in my marriage or the difficulty I'm facing with my kids. God, you know. So, God, you knew that I was going to be in this. So, first, I ask you to keep me from, keep me from distraction, keep me from complaining, and God, give me a blueprint. Because He will give you the blueprint. That blueprint is the propeller and the rudder that's going to steer you through the storm. Because it can't rain forever, church. Amen. You need to hear that. God has a beginning and an end for what you're walking through right now. And in the midst of it is when the trial and the test. and, And we're actually purifying our faith by trusting in God, even though we can't see all the way through the end of the storm. Jesus built a rudder, didn't he? It's called the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ navigates the storms of not just this life, but it will navigate the storms of eternity. There is an ark already built. For you to make it through the storm of the end times, if we happen to be living during those days, and the storms you'll face in life, that ark is called the cross of Jesus Christ. And we see from the cross of Jesus Christ, what did Jesus do on the cross? Did he blame the person on the left and the right? No. No. He understood what he was doing, going through the storm that he was going. I'm glad he didn't blame others, but he built. Amen? Don't blame build. I mean, he could have blamed others, but what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What is that? That is a blueprint and an example of how to navigate difficult seasons, times. And I just have been telling you for a while now that the the word over the church in this church for a long time, I mean I'm talking going back years is preparation. Be in a church that's going to prepare you for what is ahead. And this is not a doom and gloom message. I believe the best days of the church are ahead. Because as things grow darker, our light can shine. I say that all the time, but I want that light to rise upon you because we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the ones who can calmly go through. Do you know other people are watching you go through your storm to see if what you believe and what you say out of your mouth is the truth. But we as Christians probably get more frightened in the midst of the storm than somebody doesn't believe. And God forbid it should not be so, because we have a God that went through the storm for you already so that you can come out on the other side. Number four, God always has a purpose on the other side of the storm. Are you listening to me today? I can go through the storms because I know God has a greater purpose. I can go through the difficulty. So what is God's purpose on the other side? When we are like Noah and we do all the Lord commanded us, when we stop blaming and start building a propulsion to get through the storm, Genesis 8, verse 3 through 4, and the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the waters decreased, then the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat. Listen. God preserves and God promotes His people. Do you know what the uh, is on the other side of the storm that you're walking through right now? Promotion. Everybody say promotion. promotion. You may not be interested in that this morning, but I am. Amen. I want to be promoted on the other side of the storm. Amen. I want... Listen, listen to me. What he built in the valley was the means God used to elevate him to the mountaintop. The Old Testament examples of mountains are a place symbolic of God's presence and getting a different view on everything below. And that is where God, through the waters, through the storm, through the obedience that Noah showed, lifted him up, and he ends up on a mountain looking down at the valley in which God spoke to him. And I came to tell you this morning that God's plan for you in the midst of the fire, just like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went through the fire. But it burned off everything that didn't belong. Amen. Daniel went into the lion's den, and what happened on the other side? Promotion. David was looking at the spear of Saul to try to destroy and kill him. And David was in the midst of the storm, but he stayed with God and he listened to God and didn't look at his circumstances, but he looked through eyes of faith. And through eyes of faith, he, he exalted David to the kingship of Israel. He was already anointed, but that place that he placed him in, think of Elijah. Elijah faced down Jezebel, went through a storm of depression in the midst of that, and a chariot of fire came down and carried him up to heaven. Listen to me. God has a purpose in your storm and it's to teach you a level of trust and faith. And your faith will be promoted on the other side of the storm because God has a beginning and he has an end for everything that he, he allows into our life. And we say that. We say, God, why in the world am I walking through this? Because most of the time we look around, we're like, look look at the condition of our country. Everybody in the sermon would say, God, how in the world has this gotten like this? Listen, God is going to teach his people what to do, what to say, and how to stand up in the season that we're in. Noah gets to the top of that mountain. He had a brand new view. God's going to bring you on the other side and give you a brand new view of who He is. I know, if you're like me, you want a God to prevent the storm. Amen. Is anybody with me? Yeah, yeah, I, can, can I tell you something? I feel led in this moment to say, God has prevented so many storms in your life. Yeah. Yeah. He has. More than what you could... So if God allows it... Some of you need to hear this maybe for the first time. How many children of God do we have? Just shoot your hand up. Come on. Play with me. Then everything in your life is father-filtered. Do you hear me? Everything in your life is father-filtered. When you belong to God, it's not like the devil gets to have a heyday in your life. Maybe this is revelation for you. Satan is not as strong as Jehovah. Come on. Amen. Not even close. Amen. Our God is omnipotent. Yes. Our God is all-knowing. Yes. Our God is mighty. Yes. And on the, in the storm and on the other side of the storm, what the enemy's trying to whisper in your ear is you can't trust the captain of this ship, but I came to tell you, oh, come on, I came to tell you, you can trust that captain. You can trust Jesus at the helm. Heard a story one time. I wouldn't plan on saying this. This has been a long time ago. It's coming to my memory. This guy recounts a story, and he was in the ship, and he was just a deckhand, and it was a fairly large ship, but they were under the deck, and they sailed into a really, really bad storm. When a storm scares fishermen, you want to know when I'm going to leave home assassin when I see those fishermen back there leaving? Like, is that? Where are you? I'm going north. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. And he was so concerned and everybody's very worried. They really thought this one was going to take him down like that movie, The Greatest Storm, where they just go right into it. You know what the best thing you can do when you see a storm coming? Go right into it. Uh Because if you're up on the shore, it's going to bash you against the rocks. And that was the problem that they were facing is the storm kept pushing them closer and closer to the shore where there were rocks present that was going to tear the ship apart. So this deckhand said, I'm going to go up to the captain up, up to the top and, and check in. He was going to ask, are we going to make it through this? Are we going to stay off the rocks on the shore? Some of you came in there, here this morning and you thought, I'm never going to make it through what I'm going through now. God will get you through it. Yes. I say that in faith this morning and you'll be promoted through it. So he goes up, and the the captain's in the back of the the captain's quarters up there, and there was a a man steering the ship, and the captain was sitting in a chair. This is a true story. Sitting in a chair, when he saw him come into the door, he smiled at him. So he didn't even ask the question. He just went back down, and he went back down to his quarters. He looked at everybody down there, and he said, The captain's smiling. We're fine. (laughs) God is on the throne. And let me say it like everybody in here can understand. He ain't nervous. Are you hearing me? He is not nervous. We get this image of Jesus just pacing back and forth in heaven in front of the throne. Can I tell you where Jesus is this morning? He's seated. Just like the captain up in that, in that captain's court. He's seated. You just need to see Jesus smile at you in the midst of the storm. Because he knows what's on the other side. There's an ark of God's presence that he has given us. There's an ark of God's word, his, his word that he's given to us in the Bible. There's an ark that God has blessed us with. Alexis, if you'd come this morning, you guys come back up. and What an incredible God that God would say to us this morning that I can preserve you in spite of the storm. He can preserve us in spite of what we see ahead. God is a God who is a preserver. God is a God who is a deliverer. That's who your God is. And it is father-filtered. What I try to say in the the midst of a storm, I ask myself simple questions. and, And I don't always like the answer. I say first, I say, God, am I going through this because of something I've done? Right? And there's so many things that I haven't had to go through because God is so gracious and merciful. But when I'm in the midst of that storm, I just begin to ask, God... What are you trying to? What are you trying to teach me about me? Mm-hmm. And God, what are you trying to teach me about you? Because when you get on the other side, you're going to know yourself a lot better than what you knew in the midst of the before the storm. Because how many know and understand that the storm has a way of bringing out some things, right? Yes. It's like, wow, I didn't, Lord, I I didn't know that was in there. I. Can I tell you, hell itself can rage against you. And you can be as at peace as Jesus says he is sitting, seated on a throne, sitting all the way back. He's not on the edge, nervous. God has the ability to take care of his people. God has the ability to deliver you through the midst of the storm. But you have to refocus yourself on his word and on his promises. can't be distracted. You can't get caught up in all the cares of life and all the things going on around you. That it takes your attention away from focusing on your captain. And you need to quit blaming others and accept any responsibility you may have in the storm that's going on. That's a powerful step. Because God can't anoint complaining. (laughs) He can't anoint blaming. (laughs) But God does anoint building. And you can still build your life on the foundation that is Christ Jesus even in the midst of the storm. Even in the midst of what's going on. Jesus said this, if you'd stand this morning. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and bring you unto me. Church, aren't you glad that there's an ark called heaven? (laughs) Let me tell you, child of God, this place is not your permanent home. The eternal glory of heaven, the eternal safety of heaven. God, Jesus told his, his people plainly that I go to prepare a place for you. My question this morning for anybody in here, bow your heads and close your eyes. My question this morning for folks in here, let me, let me start with this one before I get to that one. Let's do this. If you're going through a storm, either you've just entered into it or you're halfway through it or bless the Lord, you can actually see the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, so to speak. If you're in the midst of that storm and it just seems so intense, I want you to come up around this altar. Because in this moment right here that we're in and you say, God, I don't know if I'm going to make it through it. The Holy Spirit just wants to encourage your heart right here. You say, what's that step for? That step is just to acknowledge God. Listen, the, the step is a step of faith this morning. By coming out from where you are and coming down here, you're declaring to all the power of the enemy that has tried to sink you in the midst of what you're going through. You're declaring you will not win. You will not take me out. You will not take me down. You will not take me under. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're going through it. You're going through that difficulty. You're going through that storm this morning. Listen, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to minister life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands right there where you are. I'm telling you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit's right here at this altar. I want to speak this word over you. I'm speaking it over myself. God has never taken his eye off of you. He's never once taken his eye off of you. Father, I pray for these at the altar right now in this moment, God, that by your Holy Spirit you would minister life and healing, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak in the midst of this storm that God. We trust you. God, we ask you to build and grow our faith. And Father, I declare in Jesus' name for those who are at this altar right now in this moment, that God, promotion is coming. Promotion of healing. Promotion of fresh purpose. (laughs) Lord, Matter of fact, some of you are getting a blueprint right now. Lord, download that blueprint. Even though we may not understand it, God, give us direction, Father, right now in this moment at this altar. Give them direction, Father. Give them direction. Guys, the Lord came to bind up the brokenhearted. Some of you are so brokenhearted at what you're walking through. The Lord's just binding that up right now in this moment. He's binding that up right now in this moment. Stretch your hands out this way, church. Stretch your hands out this way, Father. In Jesus' name. Whew. Receive the strength of the Holy Spirit. Receive the strength of the Holy Spirit. Receive the strength of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. (laughs) He came to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, I see this picture right now in my, my spirit's eye. I want you to hear this, each person in this room. I see a new day dawning for many of you. You've been through the dark night of the soul. You've questioned your faith. You've questioned the goodness of God. And God wants you to know he's still right there with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But get on his boat this morning. Bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask this question. You've never come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never come in. Laid everything down before him I want to ask this question you say I just need to give my life over to Christ this morning would you raise your hand listen to me listen to me listen to me listen to me I tell myself this often I may be the last preacher you ever hear I may be the last preacher you ever hear And when God decides it's time, it's time. And there will be no other chances at that point. So in a moment like this, it's important to know that our hearts and our lives are completely right with God. Would you shoot your hand up right there where you are? If you say, I just need to get right with the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's all pray this together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I ask you this day humbly and with a sincere heart that you would wash me clean. I repent of my sin and I put my faith in you. I ask, you to save me, I ask you to save me, to change my heart, change my heart. to take over my life. To take over my life. I, make you Lord, I make you Lord, and I ask you to be my Savior. I ask you to be my savior. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. If you pray that with it full faith, I want you to know, welcome to the family of God. For you, those of you who raise their hands, for those of you up around this altar, I want you to know, I'm saying this with all sincerity in my heart, it's going to be okay. If there's one thing we learn from the Bible, it's going to be okay. Because God's going to put everything right. Listen to me for just 60 seconds. Listen to me. The reason I can say that with all the confidence in the world is for one very, very powerful yet important word. Resurrection. Resurrection. Jesus really got up out of that grave. And that means, even in the darkest of night and the most difficult of storms, we have hope. Because if He raised Him from the dead, you who belong to God will be resurrected. And guess what? No more storms, no more tears. No more evil, perfection of glory, and living with the Father for eternity. Amen? Amen? Let me bless you today. Lift your hands. Let me bless you as the pastor here. And I, I don't do this out of routine. I do it out of understanding that the blessings of God will rest upon your life. Lord God, today, in the role and the office of pastor of Christian Center Church, I bless the people of God. Father, I pray today and I say and declare over them that they are blessed going in and blessed going out, that they're blessed at work and they're blessed in their homes. Father, I pray today that, God, your face would turn towards them, that you would give them peace, you would give them favor, you would give them protection. You, God, today would just draw near to us as we draw near to you and that, Lord God, you would watch over and protect us and our families. And our extended families, Lord, until you bring us back together at your appointed time. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said. Let me say one more thing. Guys, we have uh, offering boxes in the back. I do want to mention this because a lot of people, if you're like me, I don't carry cash and and checks. We have online giving. I know that that's something a lot of new people uh, come in lately. And we do have online giving. You can go to uh, the website. And you can click on there and set something up. Amen? Amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. Love you all. If nobody's told you they love you today, your pastor loves you.